You are listening to a sermon by Tanner Sherlock. Visit chialphashatterstate.com for more info. So, there's a popular quote out there. And actually, I can almost guarantee that everybody in here could probably quote it back to me. So, can you tell me what the definition of insanity is? Say it louder. Louder. Trump, say it louder. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But to be completely honest, I would actually closer define that as your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. So perhaps, perhaps both insanity and your comfort zone is defined as doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results. So then, as a result, does that mean staying in your comfort zone equals insanity? So then, if you're consistently in your comfort zone, does that make you insane? It's deep, I know. Guys, follow along. So I'm an avid weight room attendee, as some of you guys might know. And there's one thing that I notice happen over and over and over again in the weight room. I've been working out since I was like 12 years old. This is the number one thing that I just have to laugh at. It doesn't even frustrate me anymore. I just laugh at it. So what happens is somebody comes over, hey, can you spot me? Yeah, sure. So I go spot them. They're doing shoulders. They get done with their set of shoulders. They get done. They go, ugh, this is so frustrating. My shoulders hurt so bad. And then a conversation ensues of me saying, hey, you probably have tendonitis in your shoulders. You should change your workout in or change your workout up a little bit. Probably not going to go away until you change your workout up. Literally one week later, because all meatheads have the exact same weight room schedule. So literally one week later, hey, bro, can you spot me? They get done with their set. I don't know. I just can't warm up. It's just, it's just really painful today. One week later, hey, can you spot me, bro? Yeah. Get done with the set. Oh, my shoulder still hurts so bad. I think maybe I should go to a doctor question. Have you changed your routine up? No, I know you haven't changed your routine up because you've asked me to spot you every single solitary week and you're doing the exact same routine every single solitary week. How many of you guys who go to the weight room very often know that this happens? Like one of you, two of you. It drives me crazy. And the only reason I actually know is from experience because one time I spent six months doing the exact same routine over and over again. And finally, I just went to the doctor. I go to the doctor. The doctor says, you have tendonitis. You should probably take a month off and change your routine. And so I ended up paying however much money it ended up costing to go get an MRI on my shoulders for the doctor to tell me the same thing as five different people in the weight room told me. That is, in my mind the definition of insanity. We're going to be in John 14 today. But how many of you guys know that sometimes we ignore God because he is saying something we don't want to hear? So in the weight room, I ignored five other people because it wasn't what I wanted to hear. I didn't want to hear that I had tendonitis in my shoulders. I didn't want to hear that I needed to take a month off. John 14, verse 11. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. 
or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You guys hearing what I'm, what I'm just saying? Jesus is saying here that whoever believes in him will do the works that he has done and can even do bigger things. Can you even fathom that for a split second? Jesus is saying, Jesus himself is saying, I've done these great works, but you will do even greater. See, there's no way I could do those. That's your initial thought process, right? Usually your excuse starts with something that starts with, yeah, but. Yeah, but I'm a brand new Christian. Yeah, but I'm just not right with God right now. Yeah, but you don't know what my struggles are right now. Yeah, but I'm just not good enough. Yeah, but I need to get closer to God before I could ever even fathom of doing those things. See, what happens is when a concept is a little bit out of our comfort zones, we immediately start off with, yeah, but. I'm going to give myself an excuse because I'm in my comfort zone. Yeah, but. You might as well just be saying, yeah, but. I'm really comfortable where I'm at right now. How insane is that? So let's start off with, yeah, but. Yeah, but did you realize what Jesus actually did? There's no way I could do that. Matthew 8.1. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Jesus immediately cleansed people of leprosy. Jesus healed the blind. Jesus fed 5,000 with just a little bit of bread and fish. There's no way I could do that. There's no way I could do that. Well, let's go back to John 14 again, if you guys are still there. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. See, you're not even doing it alone. Jesus is saying, I'm sending you a helper. I've sent you a helper. And you can do all of the things I did only greater because I have sent you this helper. See, you're not alone in this. You want to know what stops me most times? When God tells me to do something, you know what my excuse usually is? Yeah, but what if, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm not actually hearing from God and it's just my own voice or my own feelings? What if I'm wrong? Why are we so afraid of being wrong? It's like if we make the wrong decision, all of a sudden the entire world is going to fall into chaos and everybody's going to die and it's going, to be because it's going to be our fault. We put that kind of projection out there on being right. I know it's a little over the top me saying that, but 
we really do hold being right with such high esteem that oftentimes it is our excuse, it is within our comfort zone. During World War II, a spy was captured and sentenced to death by a general in the Japanese army. Before carrying out the sentence, the general gave the spy a strange choice. He told him he could choose between a firing squad or a big black door. The spy thought about the choice and chose the firing squad, and within a few moments he was dead. The general turned to his assistant and said, they always prefer the known way to the unknown. The assistant then asked the general, what is behind the black door? Freedom, replied the general. Behind the big black door is a passageway that leads outside, but only a few have been brave enough to see what was behind the door. After reading this story, I thought long and hard about it. And I was like, that's stupid. Why wouldn't you choose the big black door? Why wouldn't you go out the black door? But then I started thinking a little deeper about it. And I realized, yeah, but what if there's somebody back there that's going to torture me? What if that death is going to be ten times worse? What if it's going to be insanely crazy? I know if I go to the firing squad, I will die a quick and painless death. I think almost every single one of us would probably choose the firing squad if we were captured by the Japanese army. Why are we so afraid of choosing the unknown over the known? Around election time, almost every other, every two years, every four years, depending on what election is going on, you always hear this one saying over and over and over again, and it drives me crazy. I'm going to vote for so-and-so because... It's better the evil you know than the, the person you don't know. How insane is that? Better to vote for somebody who you know is evil than somebody who you don't know what they really represent. We're more willing to choose the evil than risk choosing something else that might be equal as evil, but it might also be good. It's the same scenario with the black door. So what if we're wrong? What if we fail? Why do we put so much thought and process into being completely right? Why are we so afraid of putting ourselves out there at the risk of failure that we, aren't willing, we don't capture our dreams, we don't do half of the things that God has in store for us because we're so caught up with being right? Steven Spielberg, who brought us Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T., was rejected from USC twice. J.K. Rowling had the book Harry Potter turned down by 12 major publishers. Stephen King's first book was turned down 30 times. He even threw it away. His wife got it out of the garbage because she believed in him. Henry Ford went bankrupt twice with two separate businesses before finally and successfully creating the Ford Company. It took Colonel Sanders 12 years and over a 1,000 restaurants later to finally sell his chicken recipe. Thomas Edison failed over 10,000 times before creating the light bulb. After his 9,000th failure, he was quoted as saying that he now knows 9,000 ways that a light bulb won't work. 
Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper because he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Walt Disney. So what if we fail? What if we're wrong? What if we put ourselves out there and the answer back isn't what we want to hear? Does it really hold as much weight as we give it? Does it really have that much authority over our lives that we allow it to rule us? Just being right. Not being rejected. Not being wrong. So today and last week, I was talking about getting out of your comfort zones. Initially, to start today, I was being really annoying and obnoxious. How many of your lives are ruined because I was annoying and obnoxious? Blake looked like he wanted to raise his hand. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I might have got a little embarrassed, but I don't care. So in your walk, I want you to, as I read the next part of this, I want you to think about how this applies to your life. Okay? Here are the five signs that you are a little too comfortable in your walk with God. Number one, you do not attend Chi Alpha with a high level of expectancy, as in, you're just kind of here. Are you expecting God to move? When you come here, are you expecting to be face to face with God when you come here? Or are you just kind of here? Number two, you no longer seem to be concerned about the spiritual condition of family members, friends, classmates, teachers, or perhaps maybe even yourself. Are you good with where you're at? Number three, You haven't had a spiritual conversation with a non-Christian in a very, very long time. In fact, some of your friends might not even know that you're a Christian or that you even come to Chi Alpha. Number four, your prayers don't seem to make it past the ceiling. You seem to be transmitting, but you don't wait to listen to what God's response might be. Number five, It doesn't seem believable that God could do something incredible and amazing and radical in your life at any given moment. If any of those five spoke to you, I want to challenge you. And I want to say you're a little too comfortable in your walk with Christ. On Friday, we know about the Paris attacks because it's all over Facebook. But on that same day, there were terrorist attacks in Beirut, in Iraq, in Baghdad, In many different areas, there were many different terrorist attacks. I remember back to the Oregon shooting where the the shooter had Christians line up and ask whether or not they were Christian, and they shot him in the head if they said yes, or shot him in the leg if they said no. I think the biggest fallacy that we can fall into as Christians is believing for even a moment that our walk with Christ isn't going to cost us anything in the rest of our lives. We get this mindset like, as soon as I give my life to Christ, everything in my life is going to be picture perfect. I'm never going to have to do anything outside of my comfort zone. I'm never going to have to share my faith actively. As long as I go to church on Sundays or Kayaf on Tuesdays or your small group or the well, as long as I go to that, I'm good. 
I think the thing that will help America the most in our walk with Christianity as a country will be when Christians start standing up and recognizing, I might need to get out of my comfort zone just a little bit this morning so that somebody else's life can be radically changed. Your walk with Christ is going to cost you something. It might cost you your pride. It might cost you a a four-story house and a mansion. It might even cost you some friends because your friends just don't like how much you love Jesus. I think we need to to work on getting out of our comfort zones. And tonight, I know it's kind of heavy right now, but I want you to recognize all I'm really trying to do is get you to look into yourself, and I'm just as guilty of this as anybody else in here. There's many times in my walk with Christ, even as a pastor, where I have settled with being comfortable rather than doing what God has asked me to do. Probably a few times even within the last week. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be real. But all I'm really doing is I'm trying to get it out there so that you guys can see that sometimes we do choose comfort over what God has in store for our lives. Just because comfortable is what we know. But if you've even thought for a moment, for even a split second, that you wish your relationship with God was a little bit better, then I need you to recognize that to get past that, to get past that thought of being able to just be comfortable, and for some reason you're going to get closer to God, that it's wrong. It's a wrong thought. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to be hard, and I'm not saying that you're going to be burdened, and I'm not saying that everything in life is going to suck, because that is the exact opposite of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, in order for life not to suck, we need to get out of our comfort zone a little bit. So tonight, before I do what we're going to do for closing, here are five ways to get out of your comfort zone. Number one, find someone new to talk to. Pray for God to introduce you to new people to share the gospel with and and also pursue that actively. As in actually asking God, hey God, today would you want to show somebody to me who I might be able to share the gospel with, who I might be able to invite to my small group, who I might be able to invite to Chi Alpha. Number two, find someone whose faith inspires you and look for a new perspective. Find out what pushes their faith. It might inspire you. Number three, seek to be self-aware. Know what your weaknesses are and seek to surround yourself with people who will either help you with those weaknesses, who will fill those weaknesses, or who will challenge you in those weaknesses. If you know it is really hard for you to go up to new people, you are really, really shy, maybe start surrounding yourself with people who aren't shy, who are going to actively engage conversations with new people. Number four, Be willing to be corrected. Find someone who will keep you accountable in your faith, who's going to challenge you, who isn't just going to allow you to be where you're at, and then actually allow them to help you out. 
Number five, listen. Listen to what God is telling you. Ask God what He would like you to do. And rather than telling Him what you want Him to do, ask Him what He would like you to do. And then listen to what He says and actually do it. Can I get the worship team to come back up? So as I close tonight, everybody close your eyes. Bow your heads. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Tonight, are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to take control over your life? Are you ready to do what God has called you to do? Are you ready to stop being comfortable? Are you ready to serve others, love others, and be a blessing to others? Tonight, will you allow the Holy Spirit the freedom to work in your life? Tonight, will you allow Him to deal with your attitudes? Tonight, will you allow Him to soften your hearts? Keep your eyes closed. If your answer was yes to any of those, I want you to raise your hand up high. Keep your eyes closed. If you answered yes to a single one of those, raise your hand and keep your hands raised. I want everybody to open your eyes. Keep your hands raised. This body wants to be uncomfortable for Christ. You can put your hands down. This body wants to be uncomfortable for Christ. You guys are in this together. So don't look at your neighbor and think they're going to judge you for, for stepping out in, their, in your faith. Don't think that your neighbor is going to look down on you because you get a little too radical for Jesus. You guys are in this together. You guys are one body. Hold each other up. Hold each other accountable. Build each other up. Be there for each other. Let's start getting uncomfortable for Christ. So tonight we're going to do worship. And we're going to sing worship as long as I feel like we need to sing. I don't care how long it goes. I don't care how short it goes. I already talked to David. He knows. But while you're worshiping, I want you to get uncomfortable. While you are worshiping, I want you to get out of your comfort zone. If raising your hands is out of your comfort zone, I want to see you raising your hands. Perhaps leaving your group of friends and going and finding a spot in the back somewhere is getting out of your comfort zone. Maybe clapping along with the music is out of your comfort zone. Maybe getting on your hands and knees and worshiping God that way is out of your comfort zone. Find a way to get uncomfortable during worship tonight. This is just a small step in our path to growing in Christ. And then I also, if you raised your hand during worship, at least once during worship, I want you to stop worshiping for just a second with your mouth. And I want you to ask God to help you outgrow your comfort zone. And I want you to ask God how that might look for you. And I want you to listen to Him. Because just because you're not singing the lyrics on the, the board doesn't mean that you're not worshiping. If God asks you to go pray for somebody else and you're doing what God asks you to do, that's a different form of worship. How much more amazing is worship right there? I can feel the Holy Spirit in this place even more than when we sang it the first time tonight. And I want to reiterate something I said last week when I was talking about getting out of your comfort zone. If even 
for a moment tonight, you felt like I was running you down, you felt like I was telling you you weren't good enough, you even thought that maybe you weren't good enough, I want to reiterate again this week, that is not what I'm doing, and if you felt that way, I apologize deeply. All I'm trying to do is listen to God, what he wants to say to us as a body, and help lead you guys closer to Christ, into a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. So if for any moment you felt like I was running you down, or I was telling you you weren't doing enough, I want you to get that out of your head somebody who, like I said, you answered yes to any of those questions. You said, I want to get closer to God. I'm sick of the rut I'm stuck in. I'm sick of going to class, going to work, and just feeling alone. Being surrounded by friends and still feeling alone. And if that is you tonight, I can tell you, not alone. As you can see all across this place, you've got many people who want to talk to you, who want to have a relationship with you, who would love to talk about God with you. But it might take you getting out of your comfort zone and being a little bit vulnerable and going to someone else and saying, hey man, hey girl. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with with thoughts of suicide. I'm struggling with feeling alone all the time. I'm struggling with feeling I'm not good enough, feeling there's nothing else for me in this life, feeling like there's nothing better, that all I do is fail. I can't get out of this sin. I can't get out of this habit. Find someone. Talk to them about it. Get out of your comfort zone just long enough to be vulnerable and allow somebody close to you. Because sometimes one of the worst things that the world does to us is hearts our hearts so much that we won't allow anybody else in. We won't allow anybody else close enough to us, to the real us. And I'm not talking being good friends with them. I'm talking knowing the real you. The, the face that you try to hide vulnerable, take off your masks, be you, be who Christ made you to be, let us pray, Lord I thank you that you created each and every single one of us to be unique, to have different goals in life, to have different purposes in life, and Lord you didn't make any two of us exactly the same, I thank you for that. now for the individual who feels alone, who feels like they have to put on a mask everywhere they go because they're ashamed of their real self. I pray for that individual and I, I say, be who Christ made you to be because that is the best person you can possibly be. Take off your masks. 
Stop pretending to be somebody who's perfect. Be vulnerable with somebody else. So Lord, again, I thank you that you made each and every single one of us an individual. That you made every single one of us different. Lord, I just ask that as we leave here tonight, that even for a moment, we can get out of our comfort zones. We can stop just coming and going in life. Be vulnerable with each other. Enjoy each other's company. And I pray that even if for a single moment, we can get out of our comfort zones, that you would help us, that you would help push us out of our comfort zone. That where we are is not where you want us to be because where you want us to be is so much better than we can even sometimes fathom. Lord, I thank you for everything you've given us tonight. I thank you for your presence. You are that amazing of a God. Amen.